This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's interesting. I'm watching 10-year note yields drip lower even before some of the data hits the wires. And we are expecting to see jobless claims hover around that magic 200,000. Remember, if it's under, it'll be the fourth week it'll be under. And we break that streak. It is above 200,000. 228,000. It certainly seems as though whoever was buying treasuries, pushing rates down, uh, had a pretty good guess there. And that is the first time we've been over 200,000 since the first week in March. And that was 212,000. Last time we had a number around 228,000. You have to go all the way back to 231,000. That was the first week in December of last year. And on continuing claims, not only did we pop above 1.7 million, we popped above 1.8 million. Watch these yields continue to move lower. Uh, equities, well, there's a lot of reasons it may or may not follow suit. 1,823,000. The last time we were that high, buckle up, December 10th, the week of December 10th of 2021. And at that point, it was over 1.9. Uh, so this is really a biggie. And with regard to equities, it becomes a little bit tough because obviously when claims are going up, that most likely is going to be a less tight labor market. We see much of the data is implying a weaker economy. We've seen many guests point to either flight to safety in treasuries or a slowing economy. The problem or the issue is, is that both of those dynamics cause buying, pushing yields down. Now, that really isn't a problem, but it can be a problem, especially if the equity markets view that as more of a symbol of uh, a stagflation-type banner, and that certainly seems to be the direction many investors' strategy seems to be aiming. Becky, back. By threats from China, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and a bipartisan congressional delegation at the Reagan Library in California, side by side with Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen in a strong show of support. Our bond is stronger now than at any time or point in my lifetime. Today, the peace that we have maintained and the democracy which have worked hard to build are facing unprecedented challenges. At her suggestion, their meeting in the U.S., less provocative than the Speaker's original plan to go to Taiwan, as then-Speaker Pelosi did in August. That sparked a furious barrage from China of missiles over the self-governing island that China declares its territory. Beijing saying the meeting undermines China's sovereignty. This is a bipartisan meeting of members of Congress who are honored to spend some time with you. Tensions between the U.S. and China already high, including over China's 
spy balloon, which NBC News reported exclusively was picking up electronic signals intelligence while making repeated passes over sensitive U.S. military sites before the U.S. finally shot it down off the Atlantic coast. Do you worry that meeting with President Tsai in the United States is going to further escalate the tensions? No, it shouldn't by any means. I mean, I, I would sit down with President Xi. What I think would foster a worse situation is a lack of communication. But still looming, U.S. intelligence officials say China is likely to invade Taiwan within the next five years. Andrea Mitchell reporting for us there. Meanwhile, overnight, House Foreign Affairs Chairman Michael McCall and a bipartisan delegation of lawmakers did land in Taipei for a three-day visit. Chairman McCall telling reporters they would not be intimidated by China's, quote, saber rattling. Joining us now, former Treasury official and Morning Joe economic analyst Steve Ratner and president of the Council on Foreign Relations, Richard Haas. Guys, good morning, Richard. I'll start with you on the uh, visit by the Taiwanese president to the Reagan Library in California yesterday with Speaker McCarthy. It was bipartisan. Um, decent diplomacy there by the speaker, it appeared. I thought it was decent diplomacy by everybody. Yeah. The whole idea that the speaker didn't go to, you know, there, to Taiwan, but instead uh, it was agreed to meet the president of Taiwan here, already good. She, this was just a transit on her part to the United States, heavily choreographed, wasn't quote-unquote a visit. She didn't meet with administration officials. She didn't give a speech. What they did was a press conference. So it was all within the parameters uh, of the U.S., Taiwan, China, sort of understandings. And you also have a situation where the mainland doesn't want a crisis right now because while President Tsai was here, the leader of the other party in Taiwan was in Beijing. Mm. And they didn't want to do something big and nasty because they don't want to provoke a sort of a domestic reaction in Taiwan. You've got elections in Taiwan in less than a year, presidential elections. So for everybody, for various reasons, was kind of on their best behavior. And it really, I thought, was very successful, fairly subtle diplomacy. A lot of delicate choreography going on there. Steve, you're just back from, from Beijing. What's the view from the other side of this inside China? Well, the, the view from China, I think, uh, certainly among the business community, the people I met, is one of nervousness because for all of the calmness that Richard described around this visit, tensions are nonetheless elevated from where they had been. And everybody in China recognizes that to move against Taiwan risks some major, major conflagration, confrontation, whatever's going to come of it. And, and everywhere you go in China, they are talking about Taiwan and what's going to happen in Taiwan because it is as much a problem for them as it is for us in a way. Uh, NBC wow. News um, has projected a result in the very important Wisconsin wow. Supreme Court wow. election tonight. Uh, Janet Protasiewicz is uh, the more liberal of the two candidates. Dan Kelly, the more conservative of the two candidates. This is considered broadly to be the, the most important election in the country, the most consequential election in the country in the year 2023. Uh, as you see with these elections here, the projected winner is Janet Protasiewicz, wow. uh, the more liberal of the two judicial candidates here. This has very big consequences for Wisconsin and indeed for the country. Uh, I will just point out a couple of things here. Um, this may very well mean that there is a deciding vote in the Wisconsin Supreme Court that results in abortion being legal in Wisconsin instead of illegal. It also means that Wisconsin, which is arguably the most gerrymandered state in the country, may finally get what are considered to be fair maps rather than radical Republican maps. I will also 
say that the Wisconsin Supreme Court is the one Supreme Court in the nation that agreed to hear Donald Trump's challenges to the mm-hmm. 2020 election. And it was only by one vote that they refused his demand to throw out hundreds of thousands of votes in Democratic cities in Wisconsin, thereby giving him that state's election result when he had not, in fact, won it. Uh, and now the majority on the Wisconsin Supreme Court for the first time in more than a decade will flip from hard right conservative control to progressive control. That is a huge, huge deal, deal yeah. in Wisconsin. Okay, uh, ending our cold open, Denver, please keep that playing. Right there, that is France uh, today. That is the BlackRock headquarters. It is Holy Thursday, the 6th of April, in the year of our Lord, 2023. And uh, the French people, people in the streets, are letting uh, folks know what they think about some of the people that are controlling the country, and it's getting it's getting very hairy over there. That's the destruction of the lobby and part of the building that BlackRock is in. Um, Welcome. Like I said, Holy Thursday, 6 April, year of our Lord, 2023. You're in the uh, you're in the war room. We've got I've got my wingman this morning uh, for the next couple hours. Going to be Dave Brad. He's going to come in and out. Uh, I've got John Fredericks. We're packed. Mike Davis. Very special. Uh, a very special package we're going to do on Mike Davis. He was on CNN last night. I think we're trying to get Dr. Shiva on this Twitter thing. There's a lot going on. Taiwan uh, from 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 Beijing to Moscow, to uh, Ukraine, to the South China Sea, the Straits of Taiwan, uh, the capitals of the world, the money markets, all of it converging as we told you it was going to. The headline today in uh, the Financial Times of London, if we can pull that up, and also Politico. Politico's got uh, a headline that says the loss, that Washington now struggles with the specter over of the lost decades, The law, as we've warned about. The lost decades of what Japan has gone through since the 1990s has never been able to pull out of. The lost decades is now upon the United States. The policymakers can't lie about it anymore. The jobs report today, the bottom's falling out of the tech industry. Part of that is cyclical. Part of that is uh, the, the, the created crises of the Biden regime. Part of that is artificial intelligence, which nobody's been reporting except us. We're going to get into all of it. I've got John Fredericks. I have up on now Getter in um, uh, pinned the, the New York uh, Magazine interview with me from 2018, five years ago. Five years ago. It talks about the collapse of 2008 and how it led to Donald Trump. Um, I want everybody today, when you get time or over the, the, this um, most somber weekend, to read that. Five years ago, I give an interview that I could have given this morning. I could have given this morning. I don't think there's one false beat in it. I've got John Fredericks, who remembers that time. We want to talk about the collapse in Wisconsin. So we're going to tie it all together now and give you the information that you need. And here's the reason we do this, and we do this show in such a sophisticated manner, is that you are really what stands between uh, the Judeo-Christian West and the abyss you're not only the creditor, you're not only the chairman of the creditors committee for this nation. You're also the uh, the guardians of the traditions and the civilization, and it is coming unwound rapidly. It's coming unwound rapidly, and only you can stand in the breach. Dave, Brad, give me your assessment. I'll go to John Furniture in a second. Give me your assessment of the economic news as you see it coming forth this morning, sir. 
Yeah, well, what a what a day of news! It's just all coming into view. It all fits uh, together. It all fits the narrative. Uh, everyone on the war room has been talking about for three years. It's it's good to be the wingman today. Yeah, that means you get uh, bombarded with every news article uh, there is in the world at four a.m. in the morning, and uh, get to share in, in Steve Bannon's uh, sleep cycle with my pillow. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I've been I've been preparing, but uh, what you just said is the key. Uh, this audience is just the absolute key to the maintenance of the values and virtues of the Judeo-Christian West on this Monday, Thursday, going into Easter weekend. Uh, I hope you all uh, dive into the meaning of, of of what's there, and then you know Politico, the lead headline today on the lost decade. Right, you think Japan immediately. Uh, when their banking uh, got into bed with the government and caused the lost decade or two for Japan. We're there right now. Everything's falling apart, right? The labor market, 600,000 jobs uh, lost. We got artificial intelligence coming on. That's a further threat to uh, jobs. Uh, Kids got to get educated in that world. But the SVB crisis uh, is just a summary statement. Uh, you know, in one week, the, the the Federal Reserve balance sheet was going down by $700 billion off of the balance sheet, which was good news. And then you get SVB and this credit crisis. That's going to be the key story going forward on this crack up of the economy. And uh, I think the Federal Reserve has lost a lot of its power. Uh, now commercial banking and tight credit is going to be the lead story and so right after the SVB and the other big banks that uh, were near fail. Well, 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 well here, uh, here's, here's what it's yeah. going to have, because the other shoe that's going to drop, now you have the implosion in tech and you see the layoffs. That leads yeah. into the yeah. commercial office space. Remember, a lot of this incremental commercial office space was tech. All this big tech buildup, they got it. Then during pandemic, they found it they didn't need it. Now you've got this bottom blow. Yeah. There are $3 trillion, $3 trillion of commercial loans that have to be refinanced. I think half of that, 1.5 trillion, half of it has to be refinanced within the next 12 months. That is principally held, I believe, 60 or 70 cent by, wait for it, regional banks. And the, and, the, and to refinance them at these higher interest rates, as you know, Dave Brat, it's not going to happen. These developers are going to get wiped out. They're just right. going to be handing right. buildings back to these banks, and the bank's not going to know yep. what to do with it. The bank's going to sit there, okay, i got a building where I do. Brat, hang on for a second. Dave Brat, the... Yep. Uh, the dean of the business school at Liberty University, one of the finest uh, institutions of higher learning in our nation. John Fredericks is with us, Mike Davis. Uh, we've got a big report of CNN last night. Mike Davis was on. Uh, so we are packed a wall to wall. Make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. You must understand macroeconomics. You must understand gold's role in that. So right now, get the end of the dollar empire. It's totally free. Third installment, the debt trap. We're going to talk a lot about that because this is all driven by government spending that you're paying for. Okay, short break. John Fredericks, Dave Brett, Mike Davis, all next in the war room. Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never looked more important to you. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. 
Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401ks that are tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, either gold or silver. And here's the best part. It's tax sheltered. Let me repeat that. It's tax sheltered. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The, um, I just checked my uh, tech, my uh, uh, conversation with uh, Dave Brett was at 3.59 a.m. Now, how do you do that and be as fresh as a daisy as we are here in the war room? You got to sleep the sleep of the just on the products of MyPillow. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM, MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free. If you want to get great sleep, no matter how many hours of sleep you get, you've got to use the products of uh, of MyPillow. This new pillow is unbelievable, but go check it out. They get sales across the board. They get buy one, get one's free. Discount of inventory, they're getting rid of all of it. Go check it out, mypillow.com, promo code WARROOM. John Fredericks, I had to I had to bring you on two things. Number one, you know, I listen to the show and I understand your audience, and our, which is also our audience, a little upset about Wisconsin, as they should be. Uh, but also 2008, it's, it's coming to get, it's converging right now. We're going to have the mother of all um, recessions, depressions upon us because they've run out of card tricks that they can pull. So that's why I put up the, uh, the interview from New York Magazine that goes back to 2008. I want you to connect dots from yourself of what happened to you then, what it's like to be at the receiving end of this, and what uh, Tuesday night represents for our movement in our country. It was 9.15 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I took my son Joseph to baseball practice. I'm sitting in the bleachers. I get a text from Curtis Ellis, since past, warrior, my best friend. He texted me your article in The New Yorker, and he said, Johnny, you need to read this. I read the article, and I got so upset by it that my son had to come over and ask me if I was okay. I printed that article out in The New Yorker, and it's in my bag. I read that article every day at 4.30 in the morning. Not once a month, not once a week. I read it every day. Because your piece in that New Yorker is the reason I'm here. It's the reason I get up at 3.45 every day. It's the reason my wife and I have taken on this debt. It's the reason we have this company. It's the driver of what we're doing. That article is on my desk right now. I read it every day. If you look at what happened in Wisconsin on Tuesday, we got to get our head out of the sand. This is the biggest disaster you can imagine. And nobody even has any idea what the hell happened. We got beat by 10 points in a judgeship by an activist, communist, left-wing judge who outspent the Republican Dan Kelly 14 million to 3 million. 
whitewashed him by 10 points. This was a blowout. They went in to Tuesday down, get this, you got to get this. They went in down by 150,000 votes at 7 a.m. when the polls opened on Tuesday. You can't freaking win. This guy was abandoned by everybody. Where was Ronna McDaniel? Nowhere to be found. Where was the RNC? Well, I guess it was a spa day that day. Where was Wrights Priebus? Where was Scott Walker? Where was anybody? They abandoned this guy. Now Ronna comes on and she says, oh, the messaging was bad. Well, where the hell were you? You're supposed to help with the messaging. Isn't that your job? When we went to Dana Point and opposed her, I told you this was going to happen. They have no infrastructure. They have no plan. Here's the problem. Here's what the Democrats have done. And they showed you in Wisconsin right up in your grill. They have a system for getting ballots. An early vote system, a mail-in system, a ballot box system. They have a system of getting votes in early. And it is getting better. Each cycle, it gets better. They've got the NGOs. They've got the nonprofits. They have figured this out. We have nothing. Then what happens on game day, that's when our people vote. Well, we're not getting our people out, and we're not getting the majority. Why? Because we're chasing down high propensity voters on game day because we spent two years telling people not to vote early. Dumbest thing we ever did. Now we're stuck with it. The Democrats are spending $200 a pop going after low propensity voters on game day because their high propensity voters already voted. So, and, they're, and they got all this money, and we're doing nothing. There's no infrastructure. There's no plan. This is a complete and utter disaster. What this did is it narrowed the path for Trump to 270. It now makes it tougher. That's why they put $14 million in it. Obama was there. Clinton was there. Schumer was there. All the big Democrats were there. No Republicans were there. Nobody. Nothing. Abandoned. Again. Because we just have no plan. This lady... Janet Prostakowicz, who's a communist, campaigned for a judgeship, Steve, like she was running for U.S. Senate. It was all activism. I'm going to let you get abortions on demand. I'm going to let the transgenders in, this, in the schools. I'm going to get the parents out. I'm going to change the maps. The other guy, Dan Kelly, nice enough guy, well, he campaigned the old way. I'm a constitutional conservative. I'm going to follow the Constitution. The Democrats and the communists have taken this thing over. And they understand how to get their base out. We're still trying to vote on game day. The, our, the Re Republican Party of Wisconsin begged on their website. They begged people to vote early. We wouldn't do it. And then we don't get the turnout. We can't figure out why we're getting beat. This person, this was supposed to be a toss-up. They got beat by 10 points. You can't go into election day down in a special election by 150,000 votes. Can't, can't, That's like my son Rachel, we, going we, into pitch we, tomorrow we, and you spot the other team 10 in the first inning. You can't win. We, we had we had Rachel Maddow on, I think in a clip in the cold open, that talked about the reason they focus on this. This was the one place that it went to the state Supreme Court about the uh, all the stealing, all the illegal ballots, and quite frankly, a Republican justice voted against it. We lost four three, but the minority opinion lays out exactly how they stole the election. Lays it out. That's what they had to take. That's why they they moved heaven and earth. And it's just not about abortion. It's not about 
uh, voter, you know, the voter ID. It's not about the redistricting and all that. Those are all important. Don't, don't get me wrong. And they led with abortion. But they understand. We talk about the narrow path. There, I, I just don't see a path. Look, the economy is collapsing. So, so you know, we're, we're, we're in the third world war starting. So everything's up in the air. But just looking at the cold logic of this, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona, you got to take. You can't count on Michigan. You can't count on Pennsylvania because you can't. You get, those three are must-haves. You don't must-have those. You're not back in the White House. Am I, am I incorrect on that, John Fredericks? No, listen, we got three states we have to win or there's no pathway. And the Democrats knew this and they figured it out. And we did nothing and we have no infrastructure. I mean, this is what people got to wake up and realize, right? And it's, it, you know, you can, you can go and look, they, they, they're stealing elections, no question about it. But in order to compete, you got to have an infra- infrastructure. We don't have one. Nobody's bothered to build one. Two years later, we don't have what they have. They're getting better. We're getting worse. And I want to get back to your article. When you wrote that article, and I got it from Curtis on that Saturday, I remember texting you. I don't know if you remember this, because I was very, I was, vi- look, don't make me cry again. I was very emotional. And I texted you and I said, you wrote this article for me, Steve. This is all about me. This is all about my family. That article you wrote, I know you, you wrote that piece, and it, it, it was written in your comments was because you know what happened to me and my family. And now we're facing it again. Everybody's facing it again. And so, look, this all ties in. We're on the brink. we got to get our act together. There's no infrastructure in place in a swing state for us to win Wisconsin. This has got to be the wake-up call. And these people at the RNC, where were they? Where was Ronnie? And then she gets on Fox News, and she's like, well... You know, the messaging was not really a good message. It was about abortion. No, it's about you guys suck. That's what it's about. You have no plan. And why don't you own up to it? If she was the CEO of a corporation with shareholders, after Wisconsin, they would have called an emergency board meeting that night, flew everybody in, fired her at 8.15, and come in with a cardboard box and security to get her the hell out of there. That's where we are right now. John Fredericks, how do people uh, follow you, particularly over this, uh, the, the, the uh, holiest days on the Christian calendar and Passover? How do people get to you? He is risen. At JF Radio Show, it's all you have to do. All the uh, social media is there. At JF Radio Show, you can download my free app for the radio. We're also on Get Alive. Just, down, just go to johnfrederiksradio.com. Uh, Steve, thank you for that interview in the New Yorker to this day. I read it every day. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, brother. Uh, appreciate it, John Fredericks. Um, and I want people to read this uh, today also uh, and to reflect of where our country is because that is an interview given in 2018, but it talks about 2008, the fuse that was lit that brought Donald Trump to power in 2016. As I put up on Getter. When I pinned it last night, after some people had sent it to me, um, I pinned it and said, the next collapse is coming now in 2023, and this will bring Trump back to power. But that ain't going to happen unless we take care of our own business. Uh, The Democrats are doing what they do. They're total American Bolsheviks. The judge they ran in Wisconsin's a Bolshevik. 
She's a radical Marxist, radical, not progressive, it's a radical. Wisconsin's the home of the progressive movement, right? This ain't progressive movement. These are, these are American Bolsheviks. No difference in what she stands for really at the end of the day than what, uh, than what Alvin Bragg and George Soros stand for. And you see, it, that's, it's, it's, that's the bid and the ask. There's no middle ground here, none, zero. And they're not going to give us any middle ground, and we shouldn't expect them to. You win, you win. Okay, we're taking a short commercial break. Very special. Uh, we're going to do something different when we come back. We're going to see Mike Davis. We're going to see Mike Davis in his uh, maiden voyage on CNN last night. It was a classic, one for the ages. Mike Davis will also join us. Short break. Got Dave Brett as my wingman. We're going to have Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva, we told you when Dr. Shiva had this lawsuit against Twitter, he found the back door in his lawsuit. We're going to get all of that next in the world. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world. But we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. This, a Trump legal ally and former Gorsuch clerk. Mike, thanks for your time tonight. So you just heard Donald Trump. That was just one of many attacks he made last night. Why target the judge like that in particular? Well, I think President Trump understands that this is a political prosecution against him by a George Soros-funded Manhattan DA. Okay, Alvin let me Bragg. just stop you right there. The, He's not he, George Soros donated to a PAC that then donated uh, to Alvin Bragg. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so it was George Soros's money that went to support Alvin Bragg's campaign. Uh, the the prior Manhattan DA declined to prosecute these charges at Alvin Bragg's urging when Alvin Bragg worked for the attorney general's office. The, prior, the, the Manhattan U.S. attorney declined to prosecute these charges. The Federal Election Commission declined to prosecute these charges. And Alvin Bragg himself declined to prosecute these charges until he started taking heat from the left. And so then Alvin Bragg recruited the one of the top officials from the Biden Justice Department, Matthew Colangelo. He was in the number three office in the Biden Justice Department to come uh, revive this dead case in, in the Manhattan DA's office. They brought these bogus political charges against President Trump. And then he finds out that this judge actually donated to Biden's campaign. So that at least raises the appearance 
uh, of impartial the, the the appearance that this judge okay. could be uh, not be impartial against President you just, Trump. You threw out a lot there. Let me just go back and fact check a few things. First of all, um, Cy Vance, who was the former DA in Manhattan, he said that the prosecutors, the federal prosecutors, asked him to to step away from this case. That was something that they were looking at at the time. We've heard from Alvin Bragg saying that he developed new evidence, which is why this uh, case was brought back. So those are a few aspects, but. We're talking about the judge in particular in this case, right? He, he Trump went after this judge only hours after the judge warned him in that courtroom, do not engage in rhetoric that has the potential to cause harm to anyone, to incite violence. Was that was it wrong for former President Trump to target the judge only hours after that? So I'm not understanding what President Trump said there that could potentially incite violence. And I find it very interesting that the same Democrats who are criticizing President Trump now because he's getting railroaded in New York were awfully quiet when Democrats were running illegal obstruction of justice campaigns out of Supreme outside of Supreme Court justices' homes for months, still running them, that led okay. to a 1 a.m. assassination attempt against Justice okay. Kavanaugh, his wife, Ashley, and their two teenage daughters. I'm not sure about the Democratic conspiracy, but uh, that's, that's not even what I'm asking you about. So let's focus on exactly what we're talking about. Trump called the judge Trump hating. Um, he said this, a Trump hating judge, that his daughter was involved in, in democratic politics. And the concern is that, um, that that could go against exactly what the George judge had asked for in the courtroom. Because as you well know, the former president has a fervent, devout group of followers. You know that. Well, I mean, are these the same followers who tried to kill Justice Kavanaugh? In his home. Okay, I mean, we're, this, th this we're is focusing ridiculous. on this topic. We're focusing on this topic. But how much of this has to do with trying to get the judge off of this case, in your view? Well, I mean, if the judge has the appearance of bias, which I, I, it looks like he does, he donated to Joe Biden's campaign, he should get off this case. And this judge has a history with President Trump in prior cases. So, so maybe that's what President Trump is referring to. This case is now moving into discovery. What kind of fight should we expect to see from the Trump team? Will lawyers try to delay as much as they can, pushing it toward the election? I don't understand why the lawyers would want to delay this case at all. It's a dog of a case. Even the New York Times and the Washington Post have pretty much laughed at this case. It's a, it's a joke of a legal theory that mm -hmm. Alvin Bragg is pursuing. It's clearly a political hit. He's colluding with Matthew Colangelo from the Biden Justice Department to use okay. legal warf uh, lawfare here to get Trump. And let me just say, too, we should note that one of the Trump's attorneys, Joe Tecapina, he openly says that the judge in this case is not biased. Um, that is important to note here. And what evidence do you have that they are colluding in this conspiracy, that this uh, former DOJ employee under Biden is colluding in this conspiracy against Trump? What evidence do you have? Because I've heard you in other uh, interviews bring up that same exact thing. Well, Matthew Colangelo was the worked. Uh, he was the number two to the number three in the Biden Justice Department, and then in December, uh, Alan Bragg hired him to go work in the Manhattan DA's office. Do you think that there were any conversations, or do you think Matthew Colangelo just quit his job in the Biden Justice Department and went and knocked on Alvin Bragg's door in Manhattan? Clearly, they had discussions, and I hope that House Judiciary Committee Chairman subpoenas those those records from the Biden Justice Department and the communications between Bragg and Colangelo. Do you think that this will end up going to trial? 
uh, it will probably go to trial because I don't think Trump's going to get a fair hearing in New York when you have the Democrat party machine picking these local Manhattan trial judges and we haven't had a Republican governor in New York in 17 years. And so there's no chance he's going to get a, a fair appeal. So yes, this is going to go to trial. And when you have a 95% jury pool that hates Donald Trump, you know, I, How, he's not going to get a fair trial. What, what is your evidence that 95% hate Donald Trump? You're throwing a lot of stuff out there. And I just am wondering what exactly you have specifically to back up your claims. So we know that the, the we know that the Manhattan DA took uh, was uh, took a million dollars in campaign support from two different PACs, not just one, two different PACs to support his campaign. So a million dollars from George Soros. We know that this case was dead. It got Hold on, passed it wasn't a million dollars. Hold on, George Soros gave a million dollars to a progressive PAC. That progressive back PAC gave half a million dollars to um, Alvin Bragg. None of it was earmarked for Bragg. Uh, George Soros's reps say that they had never communicated. There was nothing of the sort, but go ahead. That's the first one. There's also a second pack, the New York pack. That's, you're talking, there, there are two different packs. So, uh, so you should probably uh, take a look at that when you're fact-checking me. But so you have this Soros-funded DA bringing these bogus political charges, and you have a judge on this case who donated to Trump's uh, political opponent, Joe Biden. So you tell me if that looks like a fair then why process. did Joe Tacopina say that it, the judge wasn't biased? He wasn't concerned about that. Why Why did he say that then? Are you saying he was wrong? Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm not Trump's lawyer. I don't have to go stand in front of this judge every day. I, maybe Joe understands that this judge is not going to move the venue here. He's not going to recuse from the case. He's going to have to live with this judge who donated to Joe Biden's campaign, so he doesn't want to anger him. All right, we're but gonna, of course, for recusal, that. that's not the standard. This, the standard is appearance of bias. There is an appearance of bias when this judge don't donate it to Joe Biden, President Trump's political but, opponent. But do you think that justifies Trump to his millions of fervent, devout followers targeting the judge? I know we're kind of circling back and we do have to end this soon, but I'm just wondering, is that what you're implying, that that then justifies Trump targeting the judge publicly? Justifies speaking out— you don't think Trump is allowed to speak out publicly? I'm not about saying that. I'm not saying that. He said so he was he, Trump he can't criticize the. Well, I, I think there's a. I think you have to look at the history of this judge with Trump and and prior lawsuits. I understand. Wasn't this the judge who sent President Trump's 75 year old accountant to Rikers Island? I mean, there's a history here that Trump is referring to. And we should note that Michael Bloomberg, when he was a Republican, first appointed this judge, later on a Democratic governor. And we're actually going to speak to a retired judge later in the show to talk about all this. But Mike Davis, really good to have you on and to hear your points in this case and defense of Donald Trump. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Poor Pamela Brown. Her eardrum must have been getting blown up by the producer in her ear. You know, you wear these IFBs. The producer was sitting there screaming at her. Here's what you got to tell him. Here's the counterpoint. Uh, Mike, I hope that's the first of many at CNN, but I'm not I'm not going long on that bet. Uh, fantastic last night. The first time I think the CNN audience has really gotten the truth with both barrels. Uh, give me your assessment. By the way, she's a, she's a very good sport. She, she's actually, a, you know, she's... Uh, what Phyllis George and John Y. Brown's daughter, I think she does actually a very good job, but the whole place is so left-wing, you, you can't maneuver around it. I, I put it up on Getter last night. I guess Chris Lick, the CEO, had the day off when, when some producer booked the Mike Davis, the fighting Mike Davis, to go on CNN. Give me your assessment, sir. So I will say Pam is a – she's very she's very nice. She's very funny off camera, as I note. But um, she – 
look, they they don't get the truth at CNN very often, and so they got the Mike Mike Davis charm last night. But and I don't know if they could handle it. So it was it was quite entertaining. <laughs> um, is is that it, your is that your charm? Uh, that's your charm offensive. That's your charm offensive. That's what we're seeing last night. There you go. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, it's just it's actually stunning to me that we live in. We live in two different worlds because the left-wing media simply will not report the truth. And so you go on to these shows and actually tell them the truth, and they're just stunned. It, it, it makes their heads explode. You said something very important, though, that I think we need – because you talk about solutions. And let's talk about these subpoenas. I said the other day – I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday uh, – that Jim Jordan the guys need to come back to D.C. It's Holy Week. It's Passover. I got that. But we're in a crisis. What you saw Tuesday was a crisis, is a, is a crisis of these Bolsheviks. You need subpoenas. You need subpoenas now. We can't wait. We need subpoenas now. Give me your thoughts on that, Mike Davis. You've been at the tip of the spear of demanding those. What subpoenas do we need to see? When do we need to see them? And who do they go to? I think the most urgent subpoena is a subpoena from the Judiciary Committee or the Weaponization Subcommittee. Jim Jordan needs to issue subpoenas to Matthew Colangelo. Matthew Colangelo was the Biden, very senior Biden Justice Department political appointee who Bragg recruited back in December to go revive this zombie case against President Trump, this bogus case against President Trump based upon this laughable legal theory that the prior Manhattan DA declined at Alvin Bragg's urging when Alvin Bragg worked for the New York Attorney General's office. The Manhattan U.S. Attorney's office declined. The Federal Election Commission declined. Bragg himself declined when he went into the Manhattan DA's office. And then Bragg took this heat from the the, the leftist in New York, crazies in New York. I don't know if Bragg is just trying to raise his profile, if he's trying to raise money, if he's trying to be a hero in New York, if he's trying to fend off an election primary. Uh, all of those things he has he's going to very successfully do by bringing in this Matthew Colangelo, this partisan political hack, longtime operative to bring these bogus charges. Again, Matthew Colangelo's history, he worked for the NAACP for seven years as a litigator. That tells you all you need to know, but I'll keep going. Uh, it was the Obama White House, the Obama Justice Department under Holder, uh, the, the Obama Department of Labor under Tom Perez. The New York Attorney General's office, a Democrat AG, where he had a, they created this this job for Matthew Colangelo to get Trump. He sued Trump, Trump found uh, Trump Organization, Trump Foundation, Trump Administration, dozens and dozens and dozens of times while Trump was president. And then Colangelo went to the Biden Justice Department. He on the parachute team. Those are where like the hardcore Bolsheviks are on the parachute team. He went into the Justice Department. He was the acting associate attorney general of the United States, the number three. It's a key post. It oversees civil division, civil rights division, tax division, uh, the Office of Justice programs, a whole litany. It's basically the entire civil side of the Justice Department, along with a criminal component to tax and civil rights. It's a huge job. And then when Vanita Gupta was going through the process and getting confirmed, she's a left-wing radical. I, I went against her many times, including on the Kavanaugh confirmation. When I was on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Matthew was then the number two to, to the number three, number two to Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta. They're the people who sicked the Justice Department, including the FBI, after Christians 
praying outside of abortion clinics while they gave amnesty to abortion industry paid activists terrorizing Catholic churches, Christian Christian crisis pregnancy centers, justices in their homes. This is a radical, and he's he is Bragg's and Matthew Colangelo is Biden's. Uh, Mike, hang on for one second. I'm just to hold you through the, the break for a quick minute. I just want to get uh, uh, finish up about these subpoenas. Uh, Dr. Shiva is going to join us next. I got Dave Brack as my wingman. We're going to get back to the economics, capital markets at the top of the hour. Just hang with us. Got a lot to go through on this Holy Thursday. Back in a moment. Americans have had it. They're done supporting companies that rake in hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars, while trashing the country that made their success possible. Until recently, we had to take it. But companies like Patriot Mobile are building a whole new economy, one which embraces the values that made America the greatest country on earth. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy... With your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. All this, plus the knowledge that you are supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call them. Right now at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code BANNON. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. Remember, stop giving monies to companies that hate you. Support the Patriot Mobiles of the world. That's PatriotMobile.com slash BANNON. Or call 878-PATRIOT. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. Um, you know, we've been all over the house where they're doing things good. They should be praised and supported. Where they need to get off it, you know, get on top of it. They need to get on top of it. And we're going to be there to say, hey, you got to be doing this. And obviously, there's tons of conversations going on behind the scenes, but we want to make sure the war and posse is dialed into everything. Uh, what McCarthy did yesterday on Taiwan, I thought was terrific. It was a uh, he had both Democrats and Republicans. It was a show of strength. There's a lot going on. We're going to talk about. In the next hour regarding Taiwan, they actually sent a, uh, a carrier battle group, a carrier strike group out into the straits, uh, kind of a show of force. We're trying to still determine uh, how important that is or not. Uh, but they're rattling the saber like they want to do some sort of invasion. On a judiciary, you know, Jim Jordan's been doing a good job on some things, some a little off, slow off the mark. I think that could be, uh, could be taken care of by staffing. And they, there's plenty of money. They should staff up and start hiring some heavies. Uh, particularly on the on the on the um, on the weaponization of government, because he's got a big job. Uh, Mike Davis, you've been at the forefront of this and going on offense. We need to go on offense. What what are the subpoenas 
Colangelo, Colangelo is obviously huge. He's the, he's the connective tissue here. Who else should be subpoenaed immediately and forced to come down and testify as early as next week? Well, you know, I don't know if I would send. I I, I don't know if I would have the the political process foul of try, foul of trying to drag them down to testify in D.C. I would actually send up committee investigators for staff depositions next week, and and so then you go get information and then you bring them down for a hearing after that, based upon the information that the staff investigators on the Judiciary Committee learn from those depositions. Because if you try to drag them down to a hearing next week, they're going to scream and yell that. That, that House Judiciary Republicans are trying to obstruct this investigation, this prosecution into Trump. So don't don't walk into that bear trap. Send up committee investigators, and they need to interview Colangelo. They need to interview Bragg. They also need to subpoena all communications between Bragg's office and anyone outside of that office that is not law enforcement, right? And they so it would have to be like actual law enforcement, actual FBI agents, actually. Uh, DOJ, career DOJ officials, and then you can get communications between Bragg's office, anyone in Bragg's office in the Biden White House, the DNC, uh, the the political appointees in the Biden Justice Department, any inter- intermediaries between uh, the Biden world and Bragg's world, Colangelo for sure. I would subpoena their personal uh, their their personal phones, uh, their personal text messages, their personal emails. So if they're trying to uh, if they're trying to communicate between the DOJ and Bragg's office and not have it subject to the Freedom of Information Act, I would get aggressive because what Bragg is doing here is clearly political. It's clearly part of the Democrats' lawfare. This this Bragg took a million over a million dollars from George Soros for his campaign. He's a partisan hitman, uh, just like uh, Fulton County DA Fannie Willis. Just like Garland Special Counsel Jack Smith, this is lawfare against Trump. They're investigating non-crimes. They have a double standard. For example, they're trying to go after Trump for presidential records. Trump was absolutely allowed to have under the Presidential Records Act while covering up for then former Vice President Joe Biden for with stolen classified records in several different locations that Miranda Devine from the New York Post shows that Hunter Biden likely used in a 23-point memo to his Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs to make millions of dollars illegally and corruptly for the Biden crime family. So House Republicans, uh, I've been very critical of Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy on the big tech issue and how they got off to a very wobbly start to oversight. uh, oversight. They're starting to turn the ship. They're starting to put points on the board, but they need to move faster. Mike Davis, how can people uh, follow you, sir? Article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project. My personal is at MRDDMIA, MRDDMIA. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Now, Pamela Brown had enough uh, courage to have you on. Ari Melber's got to be next. We need to see see you on on, uh, MSNBC with their legal... Their legal heavyweight, Ari Melber. So we need to do that. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> thank you, Brother Davis. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, uh, we got a clip here. Let's go. This is from the other day. Remember on Monday we came back, we had John Mills because a lot was going on with Twitter. They put their open, they put their open source, or they open sourced their code and let everybody check it out. And we found some things out on Monday. And I referred to Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva's going to play the clip. This may take us to break, and she will join us right after. Let's go ahead and play it. 
I got Colonel John Mills. Colonel Mills, uh, two stories I want to break down. First, we can get the story up. Tell me what, what was revealed and what you found out about Twitter in the importance of this, sir, first over the weekend. Yeah, Lucas Nolan on Breitbart had an article about a government inter- intervention tool, and this just exploded my head. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is remote access. This is a backdoor. Most hacks are not really hacks. It's the it's the enabling insider. So this comes from the day, probably it was planted there during the days of uh, Yol Roth and Vijaya Gade. Uh, and so uh, get, uh, Twitter was totally in cahoots, giving a backdoor to the U.S. government. OK, to slow, down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. This, this gets to uh, to um, um, Dr. Uh, was it Chavi's um, uh, lawsuit. I, can't, I think in a lawsuit he found the back door. But give me, just give me, summarize the article again, because people who come to this don't know the jargon. What does the article actually say? Just summarize it. Well, it calls it a gut. They found code. Uh, they put out all of the, the Twitter code for public uh, examination, which is a great idea, uh, crowdsourcing it, and somebody spotted. They called it a government intervention tool, which is another word for backdoor access by the U.S. government into Twitter to essentially throttle those they didn't like. So this is not just a backdoor for monitoring. This is a dial that most likely DHS CISA can reach in and throttle. And my curiosity is, is that is that conduit still open? Probably is. And uh, uh, the, the Elon probably doesn't even realize it. When, when you say when you say when you say, yeah, he bought a crime scene. When you say, because he put the thing up for open open sourcing now, that's happened okay. on the weekend. And immediately we're going to go to break. Uh, no, he knew it. And I tell you who's going to prove he knew it was Dr. Shiva. Doctor, we're going to take a short commercial break, 90-second break. Dr. Shiva, who went to federal court about all of this and found it out a couple of years ago, is going to join us next about the crime scene that is Twitter. Next in the war. Spread the word of the wrong War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, 
and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.